Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from Pastor A.J. Fowler. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll off onto part, t- part two uh, of what I started last Wednesday night um, because this is what I understand. Um, you get what you preach. Whatever you're preaching on, it will begin to manifest. And so I'm preaching on part two of discerning of spirits. And I, I, I gave us last week, I talked about the purpose of the discerning of spirits. Now, this is one of the power gifts, the nine power gifts that is given by the Holy Spirit. It's not something that is a that is not something that you learn the art of and you it's it's divinely it's a gift given by the Holy Spirit, but there is something that you're responsible to do. And so I'm, I'm like I said, I'm gonna jump right in. If you were here on Sunday, Pastor Eddie took the nine gifts, and it's really a long teaching. That's why I've, I've taken certain I'll be taking certain gifts maybe throughout the year and, and going into those. But I want to talk about discernings of spirits. Now, people, it is discernings. It's actually meant to be, it's plural, because there's discernings that the Holy Spirit gives you uh, for, for moments and seasons of your life. And he comes, and when he comes, uh, it's, I'll get into it in just a minute. I'll, give me just a moment to set it up. Pastor, Pastor Eddie preached on this Sunday, and there's the, the gifts of the Spirit that are mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, they're broken up in threes. You have the revelatory gifts, which are words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and discernings of spirits. Those are the revelatory, which is given, it's revealed to you. All right, you understand what revelation is, right? When someone says, I had a revelation, it's not that they had something new added to Scripture. It's just that, like, if I covered this table with a sheet, uh, if you didn't know what it was, you know there's something there, and it's always been there. But when I pull the sheet off, it's revealed to you, which means that God illuminates Scripture and opens your eyes to something that's always been. That's revelation, okay? So don't freak out when someone says, oh, man, I've got a revelation. It's not you. Nobody, there is no new revelation from Scripture. It's only the revealed word to the human heart. Does that make sense? Just so I, I want to clear that up. There, these people that go off with these new doctrines and all this stuff about there, there's nothing. And even as Solomon says, there's nothing new under the sun. I just think it's all meant to be discovered. And here's something as well, that uh, God never hides anything from you. He hides it for you. It's hidden for you because he doesn't reveal the deepest parts of who he is to the casual seeker. God is looking for intimates. He only shares his secrets with his friends. That's a scripture. I think it's Psalm 25. So it's important that God is inviting you into intimacy and into a relationship and it, I know it's basic, it seems, but it's a lifestyle of prayer. I'm actually writing a sermon right now on the counsel of the Lord, C-O-U-N-C-I-L, which speaks to intimacy, and I'm looking forward to that one. But I, I, it's important that as we function in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially the revelatory gifts 
of the Holy Spirit, you can read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and get into 1 Corinthians 13. It says, I don't care. Paul says, I can speak with the tongues of men, which is our and angels, which is tongues that come from the Holy Spirit. And he says, but if I don't have love, I'm a sounding brass and a clanging gong. Or at one point says, I can do all of these things. I can have all the revelations and the prophecies. And I can give myself to be burned at a stake. But if I do not have love, it's worth absolutely nothing. So all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit function and flow from love. And the problem is, is a lot of people throw them out or they put them to the side because they don't understand them. Well, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We, we really need these gifts functioning in church, but there is a wisdom that is needed to see them effective in the house. And we want them flowing in the house. I, I'm not the one that is to go and do ministry for you. I'll do it with you. That's in any aspect. Your campus, me is your campus. I will do ministry with you, but I will not do it for you. We want to be equipped, stand on our two legs, eat the meat, spit out the bones, get away from the milk, and move into the deeper depths of God because there's more, right? There's more of him to be experienced and encountered. So the, the gift of discernings of spirits is so vital. It is one of the, I mean, they're all important and they all function in certain ones, but they are, it's so needed in the body. Right now, there's so much deception. And I've said it before. I did a three-week series on the spirit of offense. Deception, people that get offended, that is the starting point that leads you into the depth of deception, uh, go back and listen to it. But it is important and imperative that you have to guard your hearts, right? And discernings of spirits can go sour and sideways in a heartbeat. And I'll give you a reason why. But in 1 Corinthians 12 and, and verses 7 through 11, I'm not going to read them. You can flip there. You can read it. You can see it here on the side of the screens uh, because we've been going into this over the past little bit. But you'll see that the, the Holy Spirit is given to each for the profit of all. Everybody in the room, as a believer, being saved, you have a gift that comes from the Holy Spirit. And it's learning what that is. And honestly, you can learn it. It helps out a lot to give you a little bit of an indicator if you go through next steps. And if you pay attention to your spiritual gifting test, it'll point. It was spot on with me. All right. I took a couple of, couple of couples last night through uh, the steps one and two. And we were looking at that. But I, what I remember is reading the questions like, man, it's more refined to me now. And so as, as you discover your spiritual gift it's important and imperative that you begin to step out, take risk, and see it cultivate and grow. Here is my definition, and this week I put it up for you because I don't want to bore you. Here's the definition of discerning of spirits that I pulled from John Wimber. Uh, discerning of spirits is the supernatural capacity. It's not natural. It comes from the Holy Spirit to judge, to judge, not the person, but the spirit functioning behind the person. That's important, Okay. Um, whether the spirit operating has a source that is human, say human, that's you, or demonic, say demonic, or divine. Okay, It is a supernatural perception in the spirit realm for the purpose of determining the source of the spiritual activity. That's John Wimber. He's father of the vineyard, vineyard movement, just incredible. What I love so much about John Wimber is that he inv invited everybody to play. Like, hey, it's not just one leader on a stage laying hand on the sick. We can all do it. We can all prophesy because he said, your sons and your daughters shall, do you believe that word? Sons and daughters shall prophesy. Now, really quick, what are the gifts of the Spirit for? There's three functions for the gifts, all right? Before I dive a little bit deeper, three functions for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. To, uh, they're for edification, Exhortation 
And then criticism, okay. Is it for judgment, edification, exhortation, and comfort? Three things Paul said, these gifts are for this. And people say, well, wait a second, preacher. What about that? That, that guy stands up and prophesies and talks about people that are out there living in sin. Don't he ain't supposed to call them out? Paul, I love what I love so much about, I'm trying to think of the two people in the book of Acts because it was correction done in the right way. Oh, very intelligent guy, Apollos. Only knew, when you read in Scripture, Apollos was a very intelligent man. And his, this is before he came into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He's teaching. And, man, he's got a crowd around him. And I think it was, uh, it was the man and the woman. I can't remember their name. They functioned as a ministry team. They waited until he finished teaching. They went to him. They pulled him aside. And they began to correct him and say, hey, let us explain to you what's going on. It's important. Simply because you have received, God has given you a discernment about someone specifically, doesn't mean that you call them out and throw them under the bus. What did we say? Again, discernment, there is, it's one of my points tonight. It's wisdom. What did I say about Noah? When Noah got drunk and was naked in his tent, all right? It's, we think about it's hilarious. Some of you probably been in the same place, but maybe not in a tent. Um, but Noah gets drunk on the vineyard that he planted. He's drunk in his tent, and one of his sons stared at him with, with evil intent. And the scripture says that, that when they come out, two of the other sons, they, they realize what had happened. They backed in backwards, and they covered their father's nakedness. Discernment will teach you how to do things because love covers a multitude of sins. We're looking to comfort. We're looking to exhort. We're looking to edify. We're not looking to uncover and expose. That's the problem in the body of Christ right now. Too many people. There is a, let me tell you, there was a megachurch pastor that recently fell that I, I have met and connected with on different occasions. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I remember it was a Saturday morning. And he brought back to me my remembrance of Galatians chapter 6. Those of you that are, that are spiritual, you restore such a person. I don't have a relationship with him, but my process or my, my part that I play in this process, because he failed. Morally, he, he committed uh, sexual immorality. He was having an affair, and my heart broke for him. But now there's a lot of these other people that begin to throw rocks and throw people under the bus. Listen, leaders aren't perfect. Nobody in this room is perfect. So your responsibility as the body of Christ is to, is to love them and bring uh, to cover over the... Mo now, we're not talking about we, we excuse their sin, but we're called to pray. The Holy Spirit began to, you pray for him. You pray for him and his five kids because that's a mess. So I've just been praying, praying over this, over this young preacher because we want to see restoration. So... When we talk about discerning of spirits, it's able to look and see, is it human, is it divine, or is it demonic? And it's not for us to expose in a way that would bring shame, that would bring uh, destruction, because God's heart is not destruction. I don't care what anybody says in that regard. We look to uh, restore. Anything that I share through gossip, well, but it's the truth, Pastor. Yeah, but what is your heart behind what you're sharing if the heart is deceitfully wicked above all, all else, who can know it but God? And God tests your heart, and he knows what your thoughts. What is your intention behind what you're trying to release? All right? Let me move forward. All right. So I want to give you some guidelines for operating and discerning of spirits. All right? The discern, again, the discerning of spirits is very important. It's a revelatory gift. It's given by the Holy Spirit. He reveals to you what's functioning behind the scenes. If you discern without intimacy with the Father... 
you're in disorder. You with me? Let me say it again. He gives you discernment about something, and you do it in a way that brings uh, in a way that brings destruction. You're in disorder. You can't you can't function that way if it's without uh, filtering it through the lens of prayer. Man, I'm giving some of my points. Stay on track, AJ. All right. So guidelines for discerning of spirits. The first one here. Here's number one guideline for operating in the discerning of spirits. Um, anybody feel in this room? And that's, it's okay. Honestly, I need to know. I want to know how many gifts are functioning, so I can be be sure to make sure and avoid you in church and try to hide behind others and be like, "Well, discern this person. Don't discern me." How many of you honestly feel that you have discerning of spirits functioning in your life? Come on, be bold. It's okay. Well, there's two, three, four, five. Any of you youth feel like you can just look at certain people and be like, "I know what's up." Mm-hmm. Right? Anybody? Okay, Carter. There we go. Anybody else? You, it's, it's, not, it's not finding dirt, okay? You, you, could, you could discern somebody's like, man, they've got such a sweet and tender spirit. Or you can just feel the motives of their heart. It just feels right. So it's not always bad, okay? So we don't just want to bend that way. The first thing that you, you uh, this, the first guideline is cultivate the gift. That's number one. Cultivate the gift. Again, it's given to you as a gift, but you're responsible to cultivate uh, because again, as faith is given, seed faith, you have to grow it. As you step out and you begin to exercise the functioning of the gift, it, it begins to grow and expand. And I say, well, how do I, how do, I do that? You cultivate it uh, uh, by, by your spiritual senses. I have been in, and now this, is, this messes with some people, and I tell this story sometimes just as a joke because it was really funny. There was a season that I was, uh, man, I was... <laughs> doing a lot of serious fasting and praying and really pressing in. I, don't, I think it was when I was still doing construction work at the time. I was up, it was 4.30, I know that. I was up praying early in the morning because um, uh, I had to be at work at 6, so I was trying to get up and get my time in. You know, it's really tough, but, man, I was in a sweet spot. Anybody ever been in a sweet spot in prayer? You just feel like, man, is everything's flowing. The coffee kicks in at the right time. You read the right, everything just, everything's aligning, you know. And it was just a great time. And all of, I had my eyes closed, and I was there on my knees, and I can remember in that in the living room at Ridgefield and looking at it, there was a and it's not the picture anyway. Y'all probably think I'm worshiping some type of picture, but I was just kneeling down and I I just I had my eyes and all of a sudden the greatest smell hit my nose, and I was just like, oh my gosh, he's here, Jesus is in this room, and so it, it just kept like it just kept getting stronger, it smelled great. Crystal's in the bed. She's not an early person. Like, by no means of the imagination, she's not an early person. So I go in there. This is pre-kids. So I go in there, and I'm like, Crystal, you got to get up. you got to come in. To, see if you're smelling what I'm smelling. So she comes into the living room, you know, and she's, and again, she's not an early morning, morning person. And so I'm, we're, we're, I'm up sniffing around. I was like, man, that's just amazing. Well, um, she starts kind of grinning and laughing, and come to find out, it was an air freshener underneath the table, and I thought for sure, I know, I get it. I just thought, man, I'm smelling heaven right now. Thanks to Glade, I did in that moment. And I felt like an idiot, but I didn't, you know, it is what it is, you know. But I, I really thought in my spirit, I'm, I'm smelling heaven right now. So, but there are people, I've yet to experience this that I know of, but there are people that have, have smelled a rose of Sharon, the smell of a rose of Sharon. They've smelled certain things. Or even on the other side of that, sulfur, which always points to demonic. Or if you're living in Pickwick, you smell the paper mill. So I don't know however that works. I've always been told it smells like money. So that's all I know, right? All you retirees from the paper mill and work there. But 
there, but it's, it's always been said because there's foul spirits. And people that have functioned and operated in this have talked about smelling a smell of sulfur, a foul smell, whenever they... And it's, it's just as your natural senses... I know this is far-fetched to some of you guys, but I believe the closer that you come to him, again, the more he reveals. He begins to open your eyes. I have been praying consistently, God, give me the spirit of seeing and the spirit of knowing. Give me the spirit of seeing and this wisdom, revelation, understanding. I pray for, I'm pressing. Help, let me see things that others can't see that, so I can do the things others can't be done. Not for me, for you. Advance your kingdom. So, but it's important that we make sure that we're cultivating the gift and, and we can cultivate it again by exercising our spiritual senses. Here's Hebrews 5.14 says this. You look on the side screens. should be there. Solid food is for those who are mature, okay? We're all going to be mature in this room coming to the close of this year. We're moving towards that. The unity of the faith, growing and maturing in Jesus, who through training, through training, have the skill to recognize the difference or that is discernment between right and wrong. So it's through the training, the skill, exercising yourself, consistently becoming. How do you do that? How do you cultivate the gift? You become aware. Everywhere that I go, it's awareness. When I walk into a, it, I've heard people that's talked about they've gone into certain regions and cities, uh, stores, the retail stores, where they felt like they were fine, but when they walked in, there was a depression. Some have even confessed and said, man, I felt suicide all my life, and I never feel that. But when they got out from underneath that, that specific area, they went back to normal. I get it. It sounds crazy. But you've got to learn to become aware of what's around you. Understand the people that you're connecting with. Like what, good, bad, indifferent. What is their main objective? i got to keep moving. What is their main objective? Second thing. So that's number one, cultivate, this, cultivate the gift. Second one is this, another guideline. Test the spirits. Now, let me say something to you, and I, I want this to be a disclaimer on every message that I preach. If I get up and tell you something, don't take my word for it, because a lot of people would like to throw preachers under the bus. Get out there, search for it, and find it for yourself. You ought to be able to come into agreement with the word that I'm saying if something doesn't line up. Sometimes we just have variances of opinions, and everybody has that. But at the same time, we come to an agreement on things. Test the spirit. Test whatever's being released from the person's mouth. Test the spirit. Paul, or excuse me, John says this. He says that in, in 1 John 4, 1, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. There's false prophets, there's false teachers, false apostles, and guess what? There are false brothers and sisters. Yes, there's false sheep, or we may refer to them as goats, Right? We're God, and I believe we're in a season, not the greatest of all time, none of that stuff, but God is in a place where he is separating. Someone had shared a word with me a while back and said, man, I feel like we're in a season that where God is separating sheep from goats. Now, sheep hear his voice. Sheep are tender. They're wise as serpents, harmless as doves. We're not looking to destroy, to tear down, to uproot. Only what God allows us and speaks to us. That's why I think it's important that you make sure you have discerning of spirits. Test the spirit. And it's not the sense that I need to take somebody and throw. Listen. All right. Here, I, I, this has been, uh, I remember when I, I was here at Love and Truth, uh, Probably, I was, I don't even know if I was even the worship leader at the time. We had somebody come in and man, they were so broken about their past and the church that they came out of. And it was constant. And I heard one of the most wisest comments from somebody that, that, that whenever they were, they were venting and they had vented to a couple of different people and uh, I, they're not here anymore, but they had vented to a couple of different people. And one of these people, somebody came up to them and they said it in love and said, Hey, that's the past. 
you're not there anymore. You're in a new season. You're in a new house. We want to see you progressing. It was a word of correction done in love, but it was a word of encouragement done right. Because they understood this person was dwelling in a place that was hurt, and, it, and they could tell they hadn't got forgiveness of it, and they were struggling. So they shifted their perspective, and for a season they were rocking and rolling, doing well. You're in a place now, in this house, this is a house of healing. This is a house of hope. This is a house where God is wanting to restore you, reconcile you back to relationship with him, bring you into a season where he can bring you in wholeness and not have you functioning in hurt and wounds. I, I said this at a funeral the other day before it even finished, or before I even thought about it, I was like, that's pretty good, Jesus. Thank you for using me. But I was, I was talking, I said, you know, there's only, there are no wounds in heaven. There's only one scar. Actually, there's three scars, four scars, if you want to say it. There's two in his hands and two in his feet. Maybe there's one in his side. There's only scars in heaven, and, there's only, and he's only on one man. So that's, a, that's an invitation to you to come out of wounds and brokenness and come into wholeness. Test the spirit of the person that's saying what they're saying. What are they trying to accomplish? Even for yourself. Guard your heart. From out of it flows issues. You know what that word flows mean? It's a, it's a Hebrew word that means multiple streams. There's multiple streams that flow from this heart. Don't let, you, don't let anybody look at you and be the one that they're always testing to see. Man, that's bad fruit. Bad fruit. They don't say it, but they're avoiding you, right? All right, so number two, test the spirits. Oh, I meant to include this in that as well. Because you have a dream, because you have a vision, because you have a word, in every aspect, there's certain, we, we all do. Most of my spiritual dreams are so vivid, and I remember them, and they're very few, far in between. They're usually jacked up and weird because I eat late. So there you go. But a lot of times, people will will take that dream and immediately begin to filter it. Oh, get it out. Oh, listen, this is what happened. Oh, and, it, and it's okay because somebody's looking for a definition of what that dream really meant. But sometimes, because of the way you think, that functions into how, what you dream at night or maybe the visions that you're currently having. That's the importance of taking that dream, taking that vision, taking that word, filtering it through uh, intercession and prayer, through wise counsel, People that have your best interests at heart, I just I know some of that may be out there for some of you, but some of you understand. It's important. Sit on that dream, pray into it, seek counsel. Not just people that think like you and talk like you. Look for people with wise counsel, with a wise voice, so that you can get different perspectives on what that could mean. Man, that was one of the best things. I had a dream. It's been uh, some time ago, and I brought it to somebody that I thought I could trust. Uh, again, I know I'm these things up, they're no longer here, so don't feel like that that's you. If I've ever shared a dream with you, if you have, beware, be scared. No, I'm kidding. But I shared this with somebody, and it, they completely just destroyed it and dismantled it and, and even tried to correct me on where I felt like my heart was leading me. I didn't know any better at the time, but something didn't feel right because God began to speak and, and, and give me clarity. Well, I took it to another person that I very rarely talked to, but I knew had wisdom into the spiritual things. They read it to a T. And I said, I bear witness with that. It wasn't what I wanted to hear. It's what I felt and I knew was right because it identified with the spirit. All right, I got to keep moving. So anyway, test the spirit. Number three, the third guideline is examine the fruit. Is that not true? 
Jesus, I'm not going to read the whole section of Scripture, but he talks about watching out for false prophets. And he says that they'll come to you in sheep's clothing. He didn't say they'll come to you in a shepherd's cloak with a shepherd's staff. They'll come to you in sheep's clothing. <laughs> I'll just point that at y'all, you sheep. No, I'm kidding. But it's, it, but it's saying they'll come to you in sheep's clothing. So it's important that you make sure that you examine the fruit that it's coming from. Because Jesus said, bad fruit can't, or excuse me, yeah, bad fruit can't come from a good tree. Vice versa. Their fruit will bear witness to who they are. What kind of fruit are they produce, producing? The things that you're looking, are they producing good fruit? Are they continuing? This is what I've learned. The loudest, and I have to declare and refine this, make sure that it's understood. The people that are naysayers to you in your life, I, I, they're, they're the, the ones that sit in the cheapest seats and they have the loudest boos. Not boos, but boo, Right? To, I'm saying, I just have to make sure and make it clear. The cheapest, the, the loudest booze come from the cheapest seats. The people that are never doing anything seem to be the ones that are the most vocal. You ever notice that? So I examine fruit. And it's important. Whenever you see something start happening and you're praying, God, I pray for the discerning of spirits. You're praying, you're actively, actively pray over the nine gifts. It's important. Pray over those gifts. God, give me, I, and call them out. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, gift of faith, a gift of prophecy. Just pray them and call them out. But as you pray for these, understand that it takes time for fruit to develop. That's why God is so much more committed to your fruit or your character than he is your gift. Gift comes free. But the character, right? You can live your whole life and be doing the right thing, making wise decisions, and all it takes is one instance. And it messes everything else up, excuse you for the rest of your life. Just like this pastor, and I'm praying that at some point he's restored, but he'll always be known. Because humans, we can't forget, right? We can forgive you, but we can't forget what happened. And that's why it's important. We're not God, so we let ourselves off the hook on that. But it's important that we don't come into quick judgment um, whether something is for God, but we from God, but we take time and we observe and we watch, and we don't do it with suspicion. We do it with godly wisdom and understanding, and be patient to know, man, it takes time for some of this stuff to develop and, and take place. So I examine the fruit because Jesus says, by their fruit you will recognize them. What fruit are they producing? Does it? Does it? Uh, let me say this. Does it bring people closer to Jesus, what they're doing, what they're saying, and how they're acting? Or does it push them further away? Does it create unity, love? Does it produce the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness. Does it produce fruit of the, of the Spirit? That is important. You need to know that in this time and this season that we're living in. Do you understand that we're in, a new, we're in a new epoch or epoch of time? We have entered into, and I believe we've been in the last days since Peter and all of the disciples, they preached about. We are most definitely in, into that. And I believe spiritually, if I could speak prophetically, we have entered into a new epoch of time. Whenever the world began to go crazy even more to a different level in 2020, we entered into a season that is important that you need to make sure you know what you believe. You better make sure that you're founded in Scripture. You better make sure that you understand what the time and the season that you're in. And you can only know that by praying and seeking God for wisdom, understanding, general discernment that I mentioned last week, but also pursuing the spiritual gifts. 
gift uh, discerning of spirits. Because if not, you will fall prey to deception. I promise you. I'm not trying to prophesy doom over you. I'm just telling you. Deception is bad because you don't know it. Right? So let me keep moving. Um, The fourth thing, it's the fourth guideline for functioning and operating in the gift of discerning of spirits. And it's discerning of spirits is not, this is what it's not. It is not the gift of suspicion. It's not suspicion. What did we say last week? What did I tell you that suspicion is? It's the evil stepsister to discernment, to the gift of discerning of spirits. It's not suspicion. It's easy to fall into the trap of using the gift to see things about other people and report what we see in a way that hurts and damages. We don't want to do that. We don't use this gift to gossip. We don't use it to slander or manipulate to get our way because manipulation is a form of witchcraft, right? So, but rather for edification and healing of those in the body of Christ. I, I guess it's as I'm getting a little bit older, I, I feel like I'm still pretty young, not to some of the youth, but I, I'm, I'm beginning to see these gifts that I, I guess I'm personally beginning to see Jesus in a different light when I pray. When I come into communion and pray, and yes, my mind runs a million miles a minute, probably because of ADD, but I come into these moments of where I, I trouble to stay focused. And, but, but I can tell you that there's just these moments that when I feel like spiritually that I've locked eyes with him, and when I pray, and then I start thinking about the gifts of the Spirit, and I start thinking about the people of God, the abilities that I've seen in our congregation, and I have earnestly begin to pursue God. God, let these gifts begin to function like I've never prayed this way. It's just a different type of, uh, uh, of seeking God. But for them to function, to bring healing to the body. Because there's so many people, even sitting here tonight, that are hemorrhaging in their soul. They're, they're wounded. You're wounded. You're hurt. Maybe it's through offense. Maybe it's through unforgiveness. Maybe it's through bitterness. Maybe it's just you don't know what it is. Maybe it's just you're angry and mad all the time and you can't put a finger on it. And so that's why I'm praying God awaken the body in our house for us to see hurting people and let relationships begin to bring us together in such a way where we can minister, administer healing to one another. The body... You, pray for one another that you would be healed. Confess your faults one to another, not to the preacher but to one another, people that you can trust, and pray for one another so that you can get healing. I believe that's not only physical, it's emotional and mental healing. Your healing is in this room. Take just a moment. I'm going to make it awkward. Look around the room. Just look around the room. Your healing is in this room. There's somebody in this room that maybe you haven't connected to yet. They have a word for you. They have encouragement for you. They love you. And that's what I pray tonight. God gives you discerning of spirits to look around and say, God, that's who you want me to connect with. It's not the gift of suspicion. It's not so that I can expose to tear down. But how do I do this in a way that builds up and edifies? God, give me discerning of spirits to see it. What did I tell you last week? Two things when I receive discerning of spirits, when God begins to speak to me, paint me, about a certain situation, I've got, two, I've got two things. The very first thing I do is I always come away and pray. 
there's something that we feel that's not right. Something's not right. I come at God, I don't know, Holy Spirit, I don't know what it is. And I'm telling you, this is how I pray. Holy Spirit, I don't know what it is, but you revealed this to me, and I'm asking you for clarity. I'm praying for prophetic vision to see. Give me eyes to see what you want to see. Because your end goal of every person, or this, maybe this specific, your end goal is for them to be completely healed and whole. So help me to see what is it that's happening behind that that I need to see. Or, God, who are you putting your hand upon in the house that you're looking to pr- promote and elevate and raise them into a new place spiritually? I'm serious. That's... As you begin to talk to him, every dream, every vision, every word, every impression always has to be filtered through intercession, through prayer. It has to go through that place. Number five, wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. This is a guideline for functioning and operating in this gift. Use wisdom. Do you understand what wisdom is? Knowledge is the thing. Man, you just know. Like you can have, we've said this before, you can have more degrees than a thermometer. You can be the most intelligent person on paper but not have a drop of wisdom because wisdom knows how to apply what you know. That comes from God. It doesn't come from the earth. Derek Prince talks about that, that wisdom that comes from the earth functions in three areas. It's earthly, sensual, and demonic, and it tracks that way. Starts as earthly, begins to mow in, flow into sensualism, and then it moves into uh, to, uh, to, to, to demonic. So anything that comes, wisdom that comes from the earth is not from God. It has to come from above. It has to come from him. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore go get it. And I love what it says, in all of your getting, go sell everything you've got and get it. And that's what, in the parable in the New Testament, when Jesus says that the man found the gold in the field, he, he, sold, he sold everything he got and he bought the field. He got the kingdom. Because the kingdom, it carries wisdom. If you begin to manifest the kingdom, you're manifesting wisdom. And it's God's explaining to you how to rightly apply what you know. So that's wisdom. We pursue it. In order for this gift to be the most effective, wisdom is an absolute necessity. And wisdom only comes from the Lord. And people say, well, how do I get wisdom? Get the book of Proverbs, people. You heard me preach on it. It's my favorite book in the Bible. I read it every day. I, read, I go from my psalm right into my proverb and into wherever else I'm going. Get uh, Proverbs. Get it once a day. I, don't, I mean, if that's the only thing that you read, read Proverbs. What you'll begin to find is as you read it over the years, patterns begin to flow and you start seeing phrases, the path of the wicked, the path of the righteous. Man, it's so good. And God will begin to illuminate things to you and he'll direct your path. You get general discernment from the book of Proverbs and you also, God begins to use that in you as you function in the discerning of spirits. All right? All right, the last thing, and I've been throwing this out through the whole of the message. Number six, the last guideline, Dimitri, is intercede. When God gives you insight into a specific moment, situation, person, whatever's functioning behind the person, intercede. What does that mean? That means that I'm going to stand in the gap and make up the hedge on behalf of someone else. This person, maybe they're, maybe they're bearing good fruit, and you can see, man, they're trying. I see something. I, I see that a lot of times. I just see snippets where I feel like certain people are about, the, the lid's about to pop off, and they're about to go to a new place. So I know if I can sense that, what does the enemy sense and know? So I know he doesn't know the minds and the hearts of people, but what I begin to do is intercede because I can see, man, God's about to elevate. Father, in the name, I pray a hedge of protection around him. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. When he starts showing me, because what he's saying is, he's saying, hey, son, pray for your sister. 
Literally, sister, son, pray for your sister. I'm about to take her to a new place. I'm about to bless her. I'm about to open up the floodgates of heaven because what she's going to need more than anything is somebody in her corner because everybody's going to be against her when I start blessing her. They've been all for when she's been down in the dump. They've been all for whenever life has been hard. Oh, bless your heart, sister. Bless your heart. But whenever I begin to promote and bless, she's going to start producing some haters because they don't want us. They want to see sister so-and-so. Uh, well, we just reach out and help her all the time, but she's about to get a leg up. She's getting my hand. I'm pulling her from the pit to the palace in a moment's time, so she needs intercession. I'm just telling you, that's how God functions and operates. And and flip it on the other end. Whenever God shows you something about someone that's not good or a situation or someone that you see about to take a job that they don't need to be taken. Um, you don't again, you don't go the Lord told me you shouldn't take that. Maybe so. You you work that out between you and the Lord. I always start, I filter every word through intercession. Because is it emotions? Am I saying this out of a what do I have tied to this person? One of the hardest things that I, I watched was certain people that have exited the house knowing that they're not supposed to go but all you can do is stand back and pray God order their step order their steps order their steps I've, when I started seeing that I went to Pastor Philip Meek and I said Pastor let me ask you a question how do you handle it when people exit the house that they're not supposed to and he teared up he looked at me and he said it's the hardest thing as a pastor you'll ever do but you can't interfere You can pray. You can pray, but you let them make their decision. And so, as you pray, when God reveals something to you, maybe it's a decision someone's going to make, you have to hear from God. Now, God can speak anything. He can speak to you about anything. And if you have that affirmation, go and do it in love. Let love lead through the gift. Right? You with me? I mean it. You don't bring judgment. I am the Lord your God. I'm this, this, and this, and this. Leave your titles and your egos and your logos outside. Go to them and love the person. Deliver the gift in love and watch God do the rest. Three things in intercession. If you would, stand to your feet. The first one is this. Obviously, I just told you, pray for God to reveal His heart. Do you understand that when you pray, anybody that prays in our services or anything that we do, you know what we're looking for? We're looking for God's heart. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for God's heart in everything. We're looking for God's heart in the gifts. We're looking for God's heart in the church. We're looking for God's heart in the city. We're looking for God's heart in our job. God, what's your heart for me in my job? What's your heart for me in my finances, right? What's your heart for me in every facet of life? Discerning of spirits as you begin to function in this gift. I'm telling you, sixth, I'm telling you, if you will take these six principles and just as you pray into gifts of the Holy Spirit and you come to discerning of spirits, if you'll pray through these specifically, watch what God will do. I'm telling you, I mean it. So you pray, you listen. What is he saying? What is he not saying? I'm the guy that sometimes he's not saying anything, but I'm gonna make him say something. Anybody else? God, I think you're saying this. Well, you didn't, but you, I think you're saying this. And then the last thing, so don't do that. The last thing is then you just simply act. Act. If he hasn't spoke anything, don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. Stay right where you're at and keep contending. Intercede. Um, I want to pray. Uh, 
We did this on Sunday morning, but I want to I want to do this again. And I don't know if we do have worship team. Could you guys come back? Um, and I, I don't I don't want to end on a soft note tonight. I don't know. I'm just it's where I'm at. But if you personally have a desire to function in the gifts of the Spirit. We prayed over some people Sunday. I want to pray for God to equip you. The Scripture said in the book of Acts, I think it's, it's I don't know if it's three or four, that the disciples gathered, or the apostles gathered together and they prayed. It says, the Scripture says that the, the, the place shook. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word with boldness. That as they prayed together, boldness came and they went out and began to, to preach again with boldness. I feel like I want to pray in the vein of boldness. But for those of you that, that want to move, you want to you start being used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, raise your hand. Anybody? Maybe you haven't been functioning. Is there not anybody? Maybe everybody's functioning in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. Sharon's like, hey, what? right here, of course. Hey, come stand at the front. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. You want to begin to flow in gifts. Because it's not so much of me praying on, over you and, and then it happening. What it's about is it's about boldness to step out and begin to move. Discerning of spirits, we've talked about this tonight the past two weeks, is a vital gift. Let God lead you in that. I I feel like also, uh, even in this vein of spiritual gifts, one of the things that that I I believe that many of you in this, up here uh, in the the front, that God is, is wanting to actually begin to activate at even a greater level the gift of prophecy. But here's the thing. This isn't the natural. It's important and it's imperative that you begin to take risk. You have to take risk. And, and sometimes it's like, well, Pastor AJ, I, I'm scared. And it, I get it. You, you know, I, I think the first time anybody ever turned me down from praying for somebody that was sick, I was, at a, I was at a gas station, and there was a guy that drove up on a bicycle that had his arm in a brace, and it had these metal rods. I don't know what that is for those of you that's in the medical field, but he had messed his arm up real bad from his shoulder to his elbow. He was coming out of the store with a 40, and he was getting on his bike, and he was riding back. It was kind of, I, I, I'm like, but anyway, I, I just felt the heart of God for that guy. So I walked up to him. I got in my car at first because I was like, nah, God ain't talking to him. He's got a beer in his hand, and I don't think that's God. So that's just me. But the more that I set my vehicle, I just felt the Holy Spirit said, I'm not going to make you feel this way, but you know how you're going to feel if you don't. So I got out of my car. I walked over to him. He's trying to mount up on his bicycle with that one bad arm. And I even offered to hold his beer while he got on his bike. And so as he's getting set up, I told him, I said, sir, I said, I I just really feel in my heart. uh, First off, that uh, I, I don't know if you know who Jesus is, but I said, I believe he can heal your arm. Like your brace, I believe that you can take your brace off today. I did. And the guy looked at me crazy, which I don't know what his state was. But I told him, I said, I believe God can heal your arm today. And he looked at me, he said, sir, I respect that a lot, but I just don't think today's a good day. I said, man, look, I don't care about that. I don't care about what you got in your hand. I just want to see God touch you. He said, I appreciate that, but no thanks. I walked away and I sat in my car and I was like, that wasn't so bad. I thought it was going to be worse than that. Like, you know, the heavens are going to fall on you. You're going to feel like a a rotten egg for the rest of the day but you were obedient you did what you were supposed to do so I'm telling you when you take risk and you step out you put the weight on Holy Spirit he wants it all the pressure's on him so I'm telling you tonight you're not a savior you're not a nobody you're not a savior all you are is a messenger thanks so much for joining us today 
We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also, feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week. Thank you.